chilly i've gone suddenly chilly i've made myself a warm mug of milk which then i've then put coffee into so essentially i'm having a homemade latte if you want to know how to make a homemade latte quick interference of uh, the podcast to tell you how to make a homemade latte what you do is you um you microwave milk a couple of times usually about two minutes but don't do it for the full two minutes just do it for a minute give it a stir do it for another minute give it a stir and then you put a little bit of uh, instant coffee into a, a cup and you whip that up with a tiny bit of water just to make it like a paste and then you pour that paste into the milk and give that a good mix round and then add sugar to taste that's how i make a homemade latte and i'll be honest it's it's delicious i always order a latte when i'm out and about that's it's, it's just something i do because i can't make a an amazing latte i can make a serviceable latte mainly basically i wanted a cup of milk but i wanted to add coffee to it but i can make a serviceable latte at home but when i'm out and about I order a latte, and I order lattes quite a lot. It's like my go-to uh, drink when I go for coffee, and I go for coffee quite a lot. It's this is a thing. Um, a lot of essentially what my I would say my my expenses are is going for coffee. I'm one of them millennials. Uh, <laughs> if I stopped buying coffee, I wouldn't have enough to buy a house. I will point that out. That's not a thing. That's just some ridiculous propaganda. But I do I do go out for a lot of coffee because I have some disposable income because. I, I'm, I'm going to cut a long story short here. I've been broke, guys. I've been broke. Been real broke. Um, and that, don't worry. You know, this isn't one of those, you know, he started at the bottom and look where he is. He, you know, working class, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not that. But I am going to tell you a little bit of a story because I have a point to make, you know, as I always do in, in my videos. So when I finished university, and I finished university... 10 years ago. Um, when I finished university, I, I left and I moved back home with uh, my parents, but I didn't move back home straight away. But, I'm, I'm, you know, let's roll this a little bit. So I, I've already got up. I'm already way out of time. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my working history. So as kids, we didn't particularly have much money. We, we, we weren't what I'd call completely poor. You know, we, we both my parents worked, they both had jobs and they were full time jobs, but the both parents had to work in order to put, to support our family, and I guess that's the point I get to, is that we were working class in that sense, that both my parents needed jobs to 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 pay for their house, to pay for having children, which meant as we grew up, we didn't have particularly much money. My dad was a steel worker and my mom worked at schools. She was originally a dinner lady and then uh, moved into teaching, well, not teaching kids, uh, what, what's called SEN, which is looking after special needs kids, uh, kids with disabilities, bits and bobs like that. And that meant that as we grew up, we didn't have a lot of money as a family. We didn't have all the bells and whistles that a lot of families had. When we had gifts and Christmas presents, and for a while my dad was sick, we had handmade gifts. We had things which my dad had made. I, I vividly remember, and I still think I have it somewhere. I've got a drawing of Simba from Lion King, which my dad drew for me for one Christmas, and it's drawn on a piece of wallpaper. And it was all I needed at the time. You know, it was some cool little present I got for Christmas. And I, I, I hope I have it. I don't know. It was done in pastel, so it may have fa faded, and I may have had to get rid of it at some point. But that's not the point. Um, 
But from that, it basically meant that I had a good understanding of money and how money worked and where money came from from a very early age, which meant when I went to school, I got a paper round as soon as I could because I wanted the extra income. And I worked whilst I was in college and college in the UK is when you're like 16, 17, 18. And I went through that period. I had a job and I worked as a, a KP, which is a kitchen pour where you wash pots. And I moved up to be a cook. And when I went to university, I had money in the sense of I got my loan but it wasn't enough to cover my rent as well so I had to work throughout uni and I worked in bars and I worked in kitchens and essentially I worked my entire life that was it's just a a thing which I've always done because I've known I need extra money and I need money to exist in the world and so I've always done that it's just been a a casual acceptance of I'm never going to have enough money because our family didn't have money. And our parents, are, they're at a point where they're, they're, they're comfortable. You know, they're retired now um, and they own their house and they've worked hard their entire lives to do that. And they've been very smart with money to do that. And they, they taught me how to manage my money, I guess is the point I'm getting at. But what that meant was when I came out of uni, I moved, I originally moved in with my brother and moved in with him to work in a bar. I was staying in Lincoln and... I needed to get a job because I was like, well, I don't have any money. So I needed to pay bills. And so I moved in with him, paid him rent and um, yeah, worked a little while there. But that is basically just untenable in terms of living. So I moved back home to live with my parents. And when I was back home, this started what I would call like the period of me figuring out everything in terms of employment and what I wanted to do. So for a while, from moving back home through to moving back to Lincoln with my partner and moving into this place, which we rented together, uh, we were both unemployed and we were on job seekers and claiming housing and all that. It's because we had no money. We had no savings. And we, we were looking for work. That's what we were doing. And we actively looked for work. So for two years, I didn't want to be unemployed but I couldn't find a job so I went self-employed and I started my small business through doing that which I'll discuss on another podcast but what it's meant is that when I got my eventually got my my full-time job which I'm still essentially and I work for the same company which I have done for eight years and I I've come into it and I've been very aware of money I've always been very aware of money and I've I've squirreled it away and I've worked hard to give myself that kind of safety net which is required in order for me to feel comfortable and when I make decisions about my life a lot of them base around whether I'll have financial income and what I'm going to do next so I, I stack that over and over and over again now that's essentially my story that's my employment story which probably gives you some insight into how I am with the money I have but what it doesn't really give you insight to is that the story I've just told you of you know not having much money early in life growing up doesn't reflect necessarily the mainstream media answer to that story which I'm going to get into so I got seeing a lot of celebrities recently and I got reading a lot of stories and a lot of them came out were just like, yeah, you know, I worked really hard to get here. We had nothing. Uh, my parents had nothing. And we were, we were living on the street for a while. And now I'm living in this mansion. And I've got all this money. And I want to really show off my affluence. And I really want to show off how much cash I have. And I, I want the world to know that I've made it. And this is my reward. And I'm like, okay, th- this is this is weird, right? 
Like, if I got a massive amount of money, like if I got like a million dollars or a million pounds, and they threw it towards me, like I wouldn't live like that. I have no interest in living like that. I think we covered this slightly when we said we were on about never being royal. Like, I have no interest in owning a mansion uh, in any way, shape, or form. And I have no interest in, you know, stacks of cash and diamond watches and, uh, and you know, necklaces and all this kind of stuff. And I don't even have interest in the, the stuff which I have. I don't have an interest in the premium versions of it. I got looking at art supplies the other day and thinking, oh, you know, I might need to restock some paint. I'm not looking at the, the high-end paint. I'm looking at what I can buy from Wilco's because it's acrylic. And yeah, it'll work differently, but it's cheaper. And it, I'm not too fussed about having to work a little hard to make the paint do whatever I want it to do. And I, I don't know if it's because you get to a point in life where you feel like you don't want to have to work or you, you, you feel like you deserve to just have completely complete ease, but... There was a line from a song uh, by Childish Gambino, and it just said, really, are you eating, though? And he's on about people who, you know, hustle and, and get on and have a lot of money, but the the actual amount of money isn't actually that much. And the line is, breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, is for beginners. You don't even know. And I, I think that's, that is a, there's a weird, like, upper level of cash where people are rich and they think yeah i've made it and i've got all this money and i can show it off and i can put you know diamonds on my eagles and eagles on my mansions and they're like yeah that's money and you're like okay that's that that's money yeah it's money but it's also a lot of wasted money it's a lot of it's a lot of pointless money it's a lot of stuff which you you know if you went bankrupt people would foreclose on you can just imagine the irs walking up your street and the tax man coming through coming in for <laughs> national insurance company and just knocking you on your door and claiming your eels because you haven't been able to pay your taxes correctly and a lot of these people do fall down because they don't pay their taxes pay their taxes properly i'll just i'll throw that out there as well and it it raised this question of there's a weird mentality and within our society that the question isn't necessarily now, are you living rich, right? When I look at a person, I don't think, how you know, how much money do you have? Are you living rich or are you living well? And which is your goal? When you think about your life and when you think about the world around you, when you consider what you actually want from the finances you have, what is your end goal? I know a lot of people who... Their end goal is affluence, right? I mean, that's financial security, and I can't, I can't fault anyone for that. I can't fault anyone for, for wanting to be financially secure because it takes a weight off everything. It, it really, and that's what I want for my friends, right? I want them to be financially secure that they don't have to worry about rent and they don't have to worry about where the next paycheck is coming from. What I want for them is complete security. And I can't, I can't tell that. But for a lot of people, complete security is just, yeah, I want to be able to buy a car whenever, right? And I want to be able to buy, like, a fancy car whenever. I'm like, really, though? Because I can buy a car. I could buy a car tomorrow, but I don't want to. And I couldn't buy a nice car. It would be, like, a, an absolute wreck, and I wouldn't pay more than the grand for it. But I don't see that as living rich or living well i see that as wasting a pile of money but for some people that is the goal it is to be able to waste money rather than utilize money in a way which you know i'm not even going to say assists the world but but helps them how does owning 20 cars help you 
It doesn't. All it does is give you more builds because you have to pay for 20 cars, especially in the UK. You're going to have to have MOT for any of those cars. You have to pay road tax on all those cars. Essentially, you're just accumulating debt. you got diamonds and your eagles. You're going to have to pay for people to look after your eagles or your eagles are going to die. You have to pay for insurance on your diamonds. There's the classic stories of rappers and singers out and they get mugged and people steal their diamond necklaces. And you're like, yeah. Because you were rocking a diamond on the street. You were just out with this massive chain in public thinking, oh, there's not people who are desperate for cash and completely willing to rip you off. And maybe that's me being cynical. Maybe that's, you know, I don't understand it. And I think, you know, in this conversation we've been having about billionaires and their rides to space, because that's a thing in our, our current timeline, and how they spend their money and and what's his name Cameron flying his submarine underwater at least with James Cameron right as much as I've, I'm not a huge fan or a fanboy or know much about him I know that when he does his like deep sea dives he does it for research things he does it to say oh you know we're gonna go look at the Titanic or we're gonna we're gonna you know as in South Park we're gonna go down and raise the bar like that's someone putting their passion with their money and yet it's ridiculous that this is the person who's doing it but there's a lot of scientists and people who are making money out of that because they're being paid well for what they do. When you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to launch myself into space. That's not really for research, is it? We can already launch people into space. That's for your comfort. That's for you to show that you have money to go do those things because you've made it in some way and you need you, you need your ego stroking. If your ego is like a small hamster, you need to go, come here, little hamster. You go, you can, you can, you know, you can feel good about yourself because you're a terrible human being. I, I, just, I don't get how being rich has suddenly become synonymous with adding more crap to your life. I, I, I have no interest in living rich. And this is going to sound like, you know, oh, look at me. Look, I'm so humble. I have no interest in being rich. I have no interest in being godly and, and having the world worship me because, you know, everyone has a level of wanting their ego stroked. But I don't think my ego is going to get stroked by me having a nice car. I think my ego would get stroked by someone looking at how I live my life and going, is he living well? You know, is he comfortable? Has he got enough to eat? Does he own his house? Does he, you know, have a car which is in a fair, you know, condition that he can go around and do whatever he wants, perhaps? Or, you know, is the investments he's making actually, you know, helping the community he lives in? in some way that's something which i always find fascinating is you get rich people who move to gated communities and then they just throw money at other communities like that solves the problem that doesn't solve the problem especially because usually they get they get thrown to charities which might not necessarily have the resources and training to deal with the issue at hand and that's no shade on charities there is a lot of fantastic charities out there but the solution isn't just going oh you know here's 10 grand go go solve the problem the solution is getting involved you managed to put together a business or a product which made you enough money that you can go do that why not lend your advice why not lend your expertise and your resources that's going to be more effective than 10 grand isn't it there's a there's a fantasy flight of fantasy idea in my head that one day i'll have enough money um to essentially try and help just the world outside but help it in such a way where i'm not just funding somebody you know I'd help it in such a way that I'm not funding someone in the sense of I'm just giving you a loan or I'm giving you free money, but more in the sense of I'm helping you get a stable footing, which I didn't have, and I've had to slowly build up by helping you skip the line, you know, helping you go from 
one thing or another. And that's, again, I'm trying to avoid this idea of being someone's saviour because I don't want to be that. There's a dignity which you get by helping yourself, but not everybody is able to help themselves. So you've got to step in and say, hey, you know, we, we can help. We can, you know, there's no shame in asking for help either, by the way. Just, you know, I've had asked for help. I've been on jobs because I've been on benefits. I've asked for help because at the time I needed it. And I didn't want to put a financial drain on my parents who worked their lives to get to the point where they're at. Now, if you have an institution of private citizens who are willing to funnel money back into their community, then everyone can help. And everyone can have a much more stable footing. And that seems way more important than trying to live rich in some capacity just to say you're living rich. It's it's almost mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling to think. There's, I had a conversation ages ago um, with a couple of friends of mine. I can't remember what we'd been to do. I think we'd been to see a friend's art show. Let me just, just take a slip of my, my latte. Where it kind of got revealed to me in a conversation that I almost don't like being associated with the idea of money either. And and this is something like a prejudice, which I know a lot of people have when they've come from backgrounds similar to mine. Of We don't like to be associated with money. We don't like people with money. We, you know, I, I have a thing against rich people. It's, if you watch this podcast, it's basically just me rambling about rich people. <laughs> but we had this kind of conversation and, you know, because I have a full-time job and because I've been working for a few years, I managed to give myself a little nest egg. Obviously, I live alone that's a cost but i'm able to live alone and i have a car and that's a cost but i'm able to have a car and at the same time i do have enough disposable income that i'm going for lattes on a regular basis and i'm not thinking about it now that to me is living well i could live weller in the sense of i could own this house and i could you know not have any student loans or debts or anything like that which i do have but that would be living well. But I live well in the sense of I can buy a latte whenever, literally whenever I want a latte. I can go out and get one. And we had this conversation. And to them, you could describe me as middle class. Now, I kind of took offense to that. <laughs> I kind of took offense to being called middle class. And I did it to my mum as well. And we had this conversation where I was like, well, you're middle class now because you own your home, you have your income and you're retired. You're, you're basically living middle class. And she took offence to it as well. And I was like, oh, well, you came back from a, a slightly further <laughs> rough background than I did. And you take offence to being called middle class. And it's it's almost like it's ingrained into you to just, you know, reject that as soon as you get it so even when you you kind of got a point where you you do have financial stability you're like yeah well i don't want to be called middle class because and it's because we've had this impression of people above us in finance not people above us in the sense of they're better people but better in terms of you know they're living better that the attitude they have by living as they would put it well is adapted by living frivolously you know by living rich not living well these are people who have lived rich and they've gotten used to living rich and having you know nice coats and the best coats and the best cars and the best you know hats as it were and you know cake made of seals i don't know i was trying to think of something really expensive there for some reason cake made of seals came to my brain and i feel like i imagine that would be expensive because i don't think anyone breeds seal for food Maybe Eskimo? Like Inuit people? I don't know. 
that's a, that's a question for the wider world. But the, yeah, these are, this is the impression we've got. I mean, that's because the, that's what the media gives us. That's what the media gives us. That's what rich people do. That's what people with disposable income do is they live rich rather than living well. Wouldn't it be better if we lived well? What if, what if every person who got to a point where they were comfortable tried to funnel some of that comfort back into progress rather than back into profit? This is the conversation a lot of kind of people who lean towards conservative and centrist attitudes have is that, oh, well, we shouldn't tax people who are making more profit because the profit's meant to go back into the business, which generates more job. It's like, right, that only works if when they're doing that, they're paying the people who are making the profit the correct wage. You know, if their business is based on the idea of underpaying an employee, therefore they make profit so they can expand their business. That's not a business. That's a charity with you know, minions, that's a sweatshop. That's not a successful business. If you can't make profit by paying your staff a decent wage, you don't have a company at all. You just, you're just maintaining something. You have a business name and that's it. You've got a scam. And I think this is, there's a whole anti-work movement which is going on at the minute, which I'm loving unfold. And I think I said it with the podcast at the very beginning of the year. So I'm loving watching this unfold because these, I'm going to use the term yuppies, who own these entrepreneurial businesses, are realizing that, well, no one's going to work for you if you don't value them, are they? You're okay to make profit. You're okay to make money. But... You've got to funnel it back. You've got to. You've got to find ways of doing it. And I, th- I think I try to find ways of doing it um, in the sense of, you know, I, I launched the Nullpoint Initiative, which, if you don't know, is is on my Zine website. And if you if you need printing, if you need some way to um, kind of get your, your artwork out there, you should go check it out. It's at nullpoint.org because there's a little, little financial nest egg which I put aside to help people who need it. It's just you know, go out of your way and, and find it and send me your ideas and I'll, I'll look into it. And same way of like when I, whenever I kind of produce something, I'll put it, something out into the world. Most of the time, if I can, I'll try and make it free. When I do my products, I want to make them reasonable. I want to make them purchasable. I want to make them accessible to people so they can get a better product for a price which they can afford. I've no interest in living rich. I've got an interest in living well. And living well to me is really kind of simple. There's not many wants I have from life. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I'd like to see it adapted more. I'd like to see more people working along them lines and and, and allowing themselves to live well and focusing less on the, the celebrities and and public figures who are living rich. I think is a key in recognizing people who are living rich and going, okay, they're living rich. I'm not interested in their story anymore. This is the whole thing with influencers on Instagram, is they're people who live rich. They're not people who live well. And it's up to Rose to recognize that and essentially send a message to say, well, we're not interested in people who live rich. We're interested in a society of people living well and everybody trying to live well and being able to. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I feel like I just rambled. And just said that I don't want to be rich for 20 minutes. Maybe I'm dooming myself. I'd rather live broke than have diamond-encrusted eels. 
I know that. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.